Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of No Limits with Gary and Mac here on StateHornet.com. I am Mac Irvin III, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, Gary Singh. Gary, how you doing today? What's up? What's happening? What's good with Mac Irvin III? I'm feeling all right, you know, a lot of stuff going on, finals coming up, so <laughs> just trying to get through that. the stress of it all. I feel you, I feel you on that. But sometimes it feels like I'm fighting it, and uh, I think fighting has a little bit to do with our guest here today. Why don't you tell us who he is? Yes, we got a fabulous guest today. We have Mr. Max Payne Griffin himself, UFC fighter. Max, how are you doing today? I'm good, bro. How are you guys? We're doing good. We're doing good. Appreciate you for coming on, my guy. For sure. So let me get the first question going here. Uh, the first question is like, how did you start getting to mix mixed martial arts? You know, where are you from? And yeah, t- take us through your journey to where you are today. Man, mm-hmm. where can I start here? I was born in Santa Barbara on the coast, you know, the, um, three, four hours away. Uh, moved here when I was four to Sacramento. Um, I mean, I've, I've lived in Sacramento majority of my life all around Sac. I mean, I've been everywhere. I've lived everywhere. Rancho, Highlands, Fair Oaks, Granite Bay, a little in the south. We, 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 we just moved around a little bit. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I did martial arts when I was young. Uh, four to 13, five, six days a week. I mean, it was my life. Um, and at that time, I studied Bok Fu. It's not too known, but it's kind of like a like an MMA kind of hybrid. It's, it's a martial arts, but it's like a mix. So, like, it's Kung Fu, Karate, Taekwondo, Judo, um, Jiu-Jitsu. So, it's like a hybrid. And if you know about some martial arts, like Taekwondo, they got really good kicks. Um, they do crazy kicks but the punches and eh, not so much so you know it takes like the kick the you know the kicks to that um add some boxing in there some of the movement of kung fu you know and the some of the throws of judo so it's kind of like a mix i did that when i was young um went to high school uh quit that i was like i'm uh, kind of got burnt out um yeah i got burnt out before i went to high school on it and then live my life, you know, live my young life, my little thug life. Actually, I was getting in trouble, <laughs> um, messing around, doing a lot of, uh, just running with the wrong crowds. You know, at 13, yeah, I think my dad left at that time. Uh, left my mom, so I was like the man of the house, and I had my two brothers, so I kind of had to um, step it up and not be the role model, but the man of the house and keep everything together. And in the process of that, things got a little bit crazy. But interesting enough, um, now I fight now, right? So how did I get into that? Um, I was actually at Reggae on the River when I was 21. It's like a reggae festival up in Humboldt County. I was up there um, doing security. And I had like this voice had told me, it said, you will fight when you get back. And I was like, like what? Like it was like <laughs> that. Like like it wasn't like a thought. Like So I did. Um, I told all my buddies, hey, I'm going to fight when I get back. And that was 14 years ago. And then I went back and been, been in it super deep ever since. Went through my amateur career in, you know, a lot of California. But when I started fighting, amateur MMA wasn't legal. So we did a lot of, like, smokers fights and club fights and, like, alleys and uh, behind closed doors, like, real late at night with, like, no cameras and stuff. Like, we had to just get that working. But, um, you know, turn amateur, won some titles out there. I was the ultimate Reno combat champion. That was up in Reno. Um, 
as they had legal MMA. Um, I was a champion there, and then this kind of just worked my way up over the years. Kept fighting, you know, to to get to the UFC, you got to, like, win, like, win all the shit. You know, you got to be the best mm-hmm. in SAT and the best in California and, like, the best on the West Coast and best on down south. So, you, you know, you, you, you kind of just got to spread it out and put in that work, and here we are now, man. I mean, long road, man. Ton of titles, but now I've been in the UFC for, it'll be five years in August. I love it. I enjoy my platform that I have. I enjoy what I do now. I have a lot more flexibility. I kind of had to um, jump out. I mean, I used to work corporate America. I used to have a you know good job, but I wanted something that I love. You know, I wanted mm-hmm. something I could put my passion behind. It feels like I'm not working. You know, I'm able to support my family. I'm able to um, help a lot of people. I work with a lot of. Um, I work with the community. I work with you know foster kids and. Um, kids that have rough outs and I just try to help man I try to use my platform and help people that need help that's part of what drives me a lot yeah that's crazy to hear there's so many follow-up questions just to that like little quick you know in-depth into your story real quick but like I think the question that kind of popped up to me was like how did you feel you know you mentioned like so many routes and so many you know places you got to basically dominate to get to UFC really like how did it feel when you first got your first UFC contract? How did that go? Like, what was the feeling, you know? Was it yeah, after, like, yeah. a certain fight? Or like, what was, you know, break us down to that little whole situation, how that came about. Yeah, the UFC was a trip. I mean, I wanted to be in the UFC from the gate. Like, I started fighting to be one of the best in the world, and that's it. I didn't do it to be, like, a local hero or, like, a local thing. So, I mean, I think I was 12-1 and one at this time. I just um, won the king of Sacramento. So I'm the king of Sacramento. I, <laughs> I won this fight. I fought this guy, Dave Mitchell from Alpha Male. He was so good. Um, Ex-UFC guy. Really good, but a build-up. We were supposed to fight for years. We, he was the best. I was the best. He was more of like a jiu-jitsu guy. I was a striker. And we finally met after like three years of shit, trash talk. And it was the biggest local, like, regional fight ever. And I won King of Sacramento, knocked that guy out in 40 seconds, right? Crazy. Um, but the UFC said, hey, you beat this guy, we'll sign you. I'm like, okay, beat the guy. Month goes by, nothing. Oh, you know, we're, we're not ready, you know, any of this. There's all this, they say all this stuff. Um, <laughs> kept waiting and waiting and waiting it was like three months four months five months so that fight was in january um january february march april may june and later 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 it was just like man i'm not not just gonna keep you know being on your line like that like are you gonna sign me or not you know <laughs> exactly. and i'm trying to train and fight and um meanwhile all the other promotions are trying to sign me and and even taking more fights they're like well you could fight more I'm like, for what? Like, to give someone else my name, you know, to, to give someone a chance to try to take my name, what I've worked for? Like, nah. So, it's funny that there was a day, there, the day that I actually got signed, I said, uh, I told my lady, like, I'm done fighting. My brother, I'm done fighting. I'm not just going to keep going through all these hoops. And I already put it down out here. I'm a champion. I have, like, 10 championship titles at this point through Tachi Palace, West Coast Fighting Championship, all these different organizations. And I have nothing more to prove. Like, if, if I'm not going to get signed, I'm not just going to keep fighting for everyone around town, you know? Mm-hmm. I want to make this my living. That day, bro, that day I'm at training, 
I, we're doing takedowns. I fall. I get my. I hit. I hit my elbow on the mat, and my my bone pokes through my skin. Like I hit so hard, and then you're like you're good, you're good. And then it's like a like a squirt gun it was like a blood. I was like, oh snap, that's not good. My coach is like, you're good, you're good, you're good. I'm like, <laughs> like... I'm not good, I'm not good. <laughs> so I stopped, looked at my phone. And I had a text from Joe Silva in the UFC. He goes, yo, this is Joe Silva UFC. Who's your manager? And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Thanks to my manager that he called me back. We're in. We're in. Ever, ever. <laughs> Cussing up a storm. So excited. Like, we're in. We made it. Super pumped. He called me back. We're screaming on the phone. And, um, yeah, hell yeah, we accepted the fight. It was, like, in 20 days and um, made my UFC debut, man. And that was five years ago in August. And um, it's been great, man. Uh, was your elbow fine? Uh, <laughs> was your elbow fine? You took a fight in 20 days. It was okay. <laughs> um, they stitched it up. They stitched it up. But it's weird, like, it feels weird. It feels kind of like, almost like a donut inside. So, like, imagine, like, like, like how your skin is. Like, my elbow literally poked all the way through. Like, so they, so they say stitch to outside. But I feel like something inside, like another layer, like, never got, like, sewed. Like, so I feel like there's something in between that's kind of, like, kind of weird, but... Man, I couldn't imagine being a fighter, man. Just you saying that, I couldn't imagine being a fighter because I feel like your whole guys, your guys' whole life, you guys have some like sort of ailments forever, and it's like crazy that you guys just keep going and going and going. You know, just keep trying to reach the next level. Props to you guys, man. The hardest fight in the world, man. So you mentioned like your manager saying like this is our we made it moment. Was that like your first we made it moment over your fourteen years of fighting, or did you have one earlier before you got into the UFC? No, um, I mean, I'm always counting my, counting the things that I do. I mean, everything's important. Um, like I'm, I was on the Ultimate Fighter years ago. I've had tough fights and big things, but that was the first goal, you know, to get to the UFC. Like, as a, I mean, I mean, as a kid, I wanted to be a Ninja Turtle. Um, <laughs> not really like a fighter. I mean, I. I did martial arts, right? And then, but I wanted. Once I did want to be, you know, be in the UFC, that was on my mind. Like I knew, I I knew it. I knew it. So really, um, for me to to get that and have it materialize for me was more of a. It was more like a mind blowing, like dream kind of thing. Like even the whole experience of the fight. Like you get, you know, you go to the airport, you come down the escalator, the guy has your name on the. On the UFC thing, and you grabbed your bags, and you you get in this nice limo, and I mean, it's all like um, they take care of us. But for me, right, it, it's my first time. It was like red carpet. Um, my first fight too was um, against Colby Covington, man. And I fought. Uh, it was on the Conor McGregor Nate Diaz rematch um, at T-Mobile Arena. It's arguably one of the biggest cards ever um so it was it was crazy how many people were there it was a circus and that was my first fight right so i was overwhelmed man i remember being there signing posters with rumble johnson 
and Rick Story. Uh, he's talking about his dogs, his Frenchies, and he got these papers, you know, that you could go anywhere with them. And then you got Connor walking around. And, like, I was more of, like, a fan than, like, I'm a fight. It was more like, dude, that's Nate Diaz. You know, that's... <laughs> Take a picture, bro, you know? It was more that, because I am a fan, right? I am a fan. And to be in the room, we're all together at check-in, and um, Cerrone's there, and all that shit. It's just, to me, it was more of like an out-of-body kind of like, like a dream, bro. Like, I really wanted to be here, and then to really be here, I'm like, but I've came a long way, man. Um I've came a long way, and I love how much I've grown, and I'm glad I'm still here. Like, a lot of guys, you know, the UFC career is so short a year. Most guys are in for, you know, they win a fight and lose two, and they're out, or it's hard to be here, bro. Uh, um, I've been blessed. Uh, I mean, I've been fighting my balls off, but um, I'm here, man. I've lost some close fights, real close fights, some always entertaining fights, so... Uh, I mean, you already know. Exactly. UFC, like, you even lasting five years is pretty tough because, like you mentioned, like, you can see those guys, literally, if they lose two fights, you can see them, like, on the different, you know, other type of little platforms other than UFC, like, already. Yeah. So it's, like, kind of crazy to see, you know, that you're still, you know, long-lasting. So hope you keep doing that. And uh, yeah. the next question I had for you was, uh, what do you think has been your best fight so far with maybe your skills being all put out all display or maybe you think you're most excited win so far was it the last fight or what do you think what was the most been exciting what was yeah the... i say my last fight or the fight before i feel like my last fight um uh, uh, i say a mix between those two i mean the first fight before last i chopped the dude's ear off his head um it went viral <laughs> it goes on tmz it was on world star like um, I'll take that, you know. Um, it was a big win. It was a big win. Must see to win against a really good guy, but it was great. Um, that never happens. It was history, so I think that's pretty cool. And it was a great performance. I mean, before that, I got my new mental coach, and just since we've been doing our stuff, I feel like I figured this stuff out now. I feel like I'm like in the matrix now, like, like Neo when he stabs and he grabs the bullets, and he's like, no. And he's like, <laughs> That's how I feel now. And then my last fight, I think that was probably the biggest because I got moved to a co-main event, and it was on ESPN. You want some money? Um, really, ESPN. I <laughs> I cashed in. Uh, I cashed hundreds of people, bro. People sent me. I made someone forty two thousand. They sent me a video. Um, plus five fifty though for the win by knockout. Um, I was on Bleacher Report betting with my boy Greg, BR betting. Shout out to BR betting, um, Greg Ivory over there. But yeah, he hit me up and brought me on the, brought me on the live, and it's a lot, baby. And uh, we said it before, and we predicted it first round. Um, I said I was gonna knock this guy out. Dude is really good, Chinese guy, four and one, um, really good guy. And I went in there and. Knocked him to the next day. In two minutes, <laughs> uh, and we cashed it. We cashed in, and that was one of the best parts. Um, helping people, helping people make money. You know, um, <laughs> it's fun, man. It's 
it's funny to hear fighters just casually talking about ripping people's ears off in fights. His <laughs> <laughs> achievements. But you mentioned when you were fighting for uh, King of Sacramento, you mentioned that you were more of a striker and your opponent was a different kind of different kind of fighting style. What's it like going up against people that don't match up with your fighting style? It's interesting. It's like uh, I think if you think about like the old UFCs and the old stuff, um, you, it was like Hoist Gracie versus some guy that knew nothing on the ground, right? It was so one-dimensional. But now everyone knows so much. Everyone is, like, good enough at everything, you know? But now what I like, I've evolved so much. Like, I didn't wrestle in high school. Like, do you wrestle? You wrestle? Like, no, I don't wrestle. (laughs) wrestle now. But um, I used to just strike mainly. And then they'd take me down. They'd want want to take me down. Like, straight up. Like, oh, he's going to knock me out? (laughs) I need to grab him. So then they've been grabbing me and stuff. So um, it really made me start having to work on my takedown defense. And um, a good part about that, working my takedown defense, I really worked my takedowns. And and to know defense, you got to know offense. You got to know how, how I can get you down. And if you know how to defend it, then you can know what to do to not let them defend it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually um, really excelled in my wrestling, man. I was actually tied with Curtis Blades two years ago for most takedowns. Tied first, yeah, tied for second with Curtis Blades with 12 takedowns the year before last. So for a guy and everyone on that list, D1, 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 D1 wrestlers, and for me to not wrestle and to have the second most takedowns in the UFC is, I'll take it, so... <laughs> I can do it all. Now I can do it all. They want to wrestle. They, you know, do we need to take the guy down? Do we need to beat him up? Do we need to be on him? What I, what I really like, my my, I I want to say my thing, is about strategy, man. I really like the strategy. Every guy's different. Every guy you fight's different. You're like, okay, I, I tell my coaches, or, and then we just make a plan on how to beat the guy, how to beat the guy, and. I think that's the best part. Everyone's different. Some guys you got to press. Some guys don't like moving back. So you got to be on their ass. Some guys, you know, bite on a lot of fakes. Some guys, like Mike Perry, has one big punch. And he's got to watch that freaking punch. So everyone's kind of different. But I say as you win these fights, you still keep that skill set. So, like, I fought big punchers. They kept saying this Keenan Song guy, oh, he has a right hand. He has a right hand. You know me people I fought with a right hand? Every one of them had a right hand. <laughs> you know, like, I know how to dodge a right hand. I have a right hand. Like I, But uh, what I'm saying is, is the stuff you learn as, as you evolve, you take that with you. You know, you put it in your toolkit. And then as you grow up, you're like, oh, oh, I'm finding another wrestler. Oh, okay. You know, oh, I'm finding good jiu-jitsu guy well i won't let him i won't let him even take me down i won't even let him you know and then i don't let him and then they have a bad night so there you go fun, man yeah yeah i have so many questions again oh my god but i think the question i want i really want to say is really because like you kind of touched on something that kind of is my irk i guess i guess in ufc sometimes is like 
I think all right. I'm not gonna lie. I like boxing slightly more to UFC just because you can't get on the ground, and you know, like I always feel bad because I like people like you who like like striking. You know, have those big knockouts. So obviously, I'm a fan. You know, but like literally, like I hate when we all know the guy who's basically better at the ground game is gonna basically take him to the ground and basically disable the whole guy's striking game at all. So it basically becomes a ground fight. So like you said, you have to learn how to be on the ground. So like, what's your perspective on that? Do you feel like sometimes, like you said, do people are straight up scared of y'all? Like, man, you always trying to take me to the ground hugging me. You know what? Oh, what's the name <laughs> was saying? Like, always, you know, uh, foot touching, hugging me and stuff. I understand, yeah. like, you know, it's mismarked or art. You gotta have, like you said, I bet you learned that the whole way. Toolbox. But like, what's your kind of perspective on that? You know, like, Obviously, I'm assuming you like to stand up and fight, but what do you kind of think when they start doing that type of stuff to you? Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd rather stand up and fight, but now um, everything's so effective. I just want to win now. I just, mm -hmm. I, really, I just want to take your soul and <laughs> just make you quit. I want you to quit before your body quits. Like, I want your brain to quit. Like, I don't want to be here. Not even your brain, like your heart. I want your heart to I want your heart, I want you to be scared. I want you to be like, oh, I don't want to do this. Like, second-guessing. Um, and some guys, you know, you got to take them to the ground. You know, some guys, you got to, I just don't want to take people down. But if, if, if there's guys that you could just demoralize that don't know certain particulars, um, you could do some damage, man. And it, it takes, like, um, uh, it takes a lot out of you, too. Even my plan with um, this guy I last fought. The plan was get him moving back, don't move back, push him back. Um, you're close to the cage, um, try to take him down, um, wear him out. Try to wear him out, you know, wear his upper body down. He's a real strong dude. So try to get those takedowns. Just work though, like don't try to to now, but make him, make him, it's a strategy, right? Make him work. So I, I, got close we got close to the cage we got within like six feet of the cage i saw where i was at so i threw a flurry and got in and worked for a takedown for like 15 seconds not tooth to nail though but enough to make him really think i was you know doing some shit and then you know when he kind of backed up it takes something out of you it does those, those wrestling exchanges if you're sparring and then you start wrestling you get up <sighs> those wrestling exchanges, those <laughs> those wear you out, bro, and uh, they'll make someone quit. So I think it has a time and a place. Like I don't like guys that only take people down and just do this. No, but if you can mix it in, and I just put it in, I do whatever it takes. And if if I need to take this guy down, um, because I'm gonna just dominate him, I'm gonna dominate that shit. <laughs> Gary, I know you want to interview him all day, but I, I think know, we right? got we got to move on to some of our general questions about Let's the UFC in the fight world. So, Max, tell us who you think is the best pound for pound fighter in the UFC right now. Oh, right now, man. Should I give you UFC's list? I mean, you could say Usman. You know, is he number one now? They put John Jones number one. Yeah, I don't think John Jones. He hasn't fought in a while, huh? That's why you think. Yeah, he happened. hasn't fought in a while. He's on the heavyweight. Like you can't just say that he's the best. That if he's at a different weight class and been inact inactive. Mhm. Mm I think you're right. Usman. I'd say Usman. Really. Yeah, um, he's number he's number two on the list. So yeah. Yeah, I'd say Usman. And think about I don't know. I like one seventy. I like one. And I know that's my that's my weight too, but. <laughs> I feel like I'm 
I'm at a good size where I could like train with everybody, like like at the gym, right? Um, I don't want to, but I could fight a heavyweight, or you know what I mean. Um, but like normally I'm like 195. I just feel like I'm at a good weight to once like being pound for pound in the world, like Usman, right? He could probably beat most people, whatever whatever size you are, right? For me, it's hard to have someone be real small and be a pound for pound. Like, 125, and you're the pound for pound in the world. Like, uh eh. <laughs> Not in my book, you know? Yeah, you can thumb Well, I'm saying is 170. I think that's big enough to be a pound for pound, you know? So you think, like, the Walter White division kind of determines the pound for pound, kind of? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it makes sense. I think Usman is someone scary. Like you said, Israel Adesina, he's some. He's kind of lightweight, so it's kind of like uh, in the middleweight. So, I mean, uh, I know, but he, he's a guy. I'm like, oh, that guy looks scary. No, Izzy's nasty. Izzy's nasty. He just got to he just gotta work his ground. Yeah, he does. Yeah, you're right. So, uh, the what's the next question I have for you? What's the biggest fight coming up on the UFC docket that you can't wait to watch? And what fight do you want to see made? Like the fight that, you know, that's a match, man. You just want to see it happen. What didn't I, well I was I was really looking forward to this fight that just happened Chandler and Oliveira, um but I'm looking forward I want to see uh, I think Poirier and Oliveira that's what I want to see I think Poirier is gonna beat McGregor again and then Poirier needs to fight the champion because he's a like, champ he's number one he just didn't want to fight you know for the he wanted to fight Connor. Uh, but Connor's fucking. <laughs> you think Connor's done? <laughs> no, I don't think he's done. I just Connor just is a pain in my neck, man. Connor, 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 man. Why you say that? I don't know. Just just how this whole thing's going. Like even this, even with Chandler getting getting the title shot after one fight, to me that's not right. And I'm I'm glad. I'm glad that um, Oliveira put it down, man. Uh, he's yeah. the truth, man. And, uh, you know, a lot of it is, you know, obviously, uh, it's media and it's it's a entertainment business, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, sometimes I get sick of it, you know. Sometimes I get sick of the entertainment side. Like, let who's the best fight? And yeah, I believe that to be Poirier and Oliveira. Well, let's talk a little bit about the entertainment side, you know. Uh, we've seen a lot of these kind of non-UFC and boxers trying to come up and start fighting, especially like the Paul brothers. What's your what's your view on this? Is this good or bad overall for UFC and fighting? You know, um, I don't know. I mean, some of it's entertaining stuff. But, like, you had, like, Jake Paul, right, fight Ben Askren. Ben Askren sucks. But, <laughs> He does. He does. Paul <laughs> knows this, right? So he suckered, you know, Astrid in to get in this fight and doing this big thing. This special. But it just seems really um I mean I'm glad I mean I'm glad Jake I mean some of that Jake Paul stuff's funny. You know, he had me laughing and stuff, but I guess the circus is what some people want and I know they're trying to get some guys the chiller stuff. I just can't stand like um, if you watch that thing, like the broadcast team and like, um, a little, a little unprofessional, but it's not trying to be professional. What's his name? Hoya. I can't he's drunk. Stand, bro. He's, 
He be doing too much, dog, but, um... I guess it's good. I mean, it's good. It's going to bring more money to fighting, right? And then you have those, hey, Jay Coleman, whatever, 50 million. Hey, he got these guys making this much. So it brings eyes to it, right? The eyes at the possibility of making more money. I mean, Dana, Dana doesn't like it. I think Dana should fight um, De La Hoya, but um, actually, he probably shouldn't fight. He don't like it, though, but I mean... You know, there's a lot after this career is over. Who knows? Who knows what could happen? Yeah, I think uh, you're right on the it's entertainment, like you said. So, like, two-part question here. Do you like the cross fights between UFC and boxing guys, you know, back in the day, like McGregor versus Mayweather type of thing, and they find a boxing match, which we already know, like, they, Mayweather can never win in a, in a UFC fight. It's too much going on. You know, he's a boxer, so, like... Like what would you, what do you think about those cross fights? You know, and how well, much? Well, do you I mean, think I mean, hold on, we we need to see Mayweather in the octagon first. No, I, <laughs> I, know, I just really want to see. We will see never that. see Mayweather. <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, maybe a sponsor logo or something. Yeah, uh, that's about close. You'll see him in the octagon. But they know this. They know this. Same with what Jake Paul was saying. You know, um, he want MMA fight Askren. He want wrestling. You know. No, he knows uh, he'll lose that. So what do you think about those cross fights? Do you like those? You're like, ah, no, a little bit. You know, I understand why the fighters take it. It's a payday. It's a big-time payday, usually. I mean, I'll watch them. I didn't pay for the Jake Paul fight. Uh, I won't. I mean, if it's about money, like, I don't know. I, I just have a hard time paying for entertainment. You know, I'll watch it. I'll stream it. But <laughs> to put my hard-earned money to watch Jake Paul, I will never. Never in my <laughs> life. But there's people that will. There's people that will pay forty nine ninety nine to watch him. You know, I won't though. I'll you know get a link. <laughs> how much does shit talking play a part in the in the fight game to you? Like you know, that's entertainment. How much do you think that's important? How much do you think you know? You mentioned some guys. You know, kind of go up on that level to even get a big fight. So how much do you think shit talking plays a role in all this? It plays a big role if you can back it up. Um, I mean, I fought certain guys that talk trash, and it's. Some of it's real, some of it's fake. When it's fake, it's cool. It's whatever. But when it's real, it's uh, it's not a game, man. You know, I, uh, I fought this Russian guy, Zalim Imadeev, in Atlanta a couple years ago. And he was trying to fight me backstage and trying to fight me at the hotel and throwing shit and trying to grab me and all that shit. Like, it was not a game. Um, I was not playing around. <laughs> that was it was a stressful week like every time i seen him he did like hold me back kind of thing with like people it was just uh oh i'm glad to get that one done but mo most of the trash talks fake you know most of it's fake do you like it like that or what i don't you like, like it, uh... you like you don't like to talk trash <laughs> i'll talk trash i mean i, I i've 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 I want to say I know your personality it. with the memes. You seem like you talk a yeah, lot. Yeah, no. Hey, <laughs> I won't. I'll. I'll get on someone's helmet if we really start talking. Uh, I just don't talk fake shit. So if I, you know, if I'm getting in on you, I mean it. You know. Yeah. Uh, it's funny though. It will be humorous, but I mean, even we've done a bunch of stuff over the years. Even my other careers, um, before I got in the UFC, I had some big fights. Keto Andrews, David Mitchell. There was all kinds of press conferences we did and they got roasted they're on youtube somewhere um but yeah i wish someone would i got my got my tongue good i got verbal 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 judo over here buddy 
There you go. Good luck. I love how you guys always like talk your shit after the thing and call people out. It's so funny because everyone knows it's setting up for what's next. And you look at social media and trying to see like, you know, if the next, if that guy he called out, is he responding or not? Or, you know, what is he saying yeah. on the net? So it's funny that you mentioned that he didn't reply, but. He um, didn't. <laughs> they they made stories about it. I've seen like four or five stories on it. Man, made junkie. Like, Max Griffin calls out. You know, Jeff Neal. Nobody fights Jeff Neal. Nobody walks out Jeff Neal. That's funny. Uh, so next question, we have two more questions for you, boss. What's your dream fight you want to be in? Who, who do you want? Who's your dream fight? Who do you want to fight? You know, at the end of the day, do you want to fight Usman one day? How, what do you want to do? Yeah, I want to fight Usman. I want the title. Um, before though, I want I wanted to fight Cerrone, so I really wanted to fight originally. But now, like, I'd hurt that guy, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> To see what Morono just did to him a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Morono's not. Uh, I mean, Morono beat me, but, you know, that's. He's not an imposing guy like that, you know. Um, I mean, he kicked me in the head once and he had 40 seconds to glory, but that's it. But yeah, he whooped on Cerrone, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. I would <laughs> yeah, I felt bad. I felt. Actually, I felt good. I was like, I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't get to fight Cerrone because I was, whew, man. What's the trick to stay in UFC since you've been in it so long? Oh, man, God. <laughs> Hard work. <laughs> man, um, you got to take care of yourself, man. You always got to be growing. I'd say that's what I, I'd say that's growth, consistency. Um, how many, how many fires do you see, kind of see get older and they kind of slow down and they're on their way out. All these guys that are kind of on their way out, Tony Ferguson, you know, there's, there's these guys that aren't looking the same or a step behind. Um, I feel like you gotta grow, man. I'm a vet, but I grow. I'm still learning. Like, I feel like the day that there's a quote, like the day you stop learning, the day you start dying. Um, you have to learn. I'm always trying to learn new moves, new, new training techniques, new recovery techniques, new just principles on, on what I'm doing. And you always got to make it fun. And I'm always trying to be better. I'm not being complacent, trying to always be faster, stronger. Like it's a constant, it's every day, bro. It's every day. Um, and you gotta take care of your body. I think a lot of times too, like now I got to take care of my body more. I am getting older, but uh, I'm getting faster. Um, I'm having better fights. Like, I'm better. So it's weird that um, when you're older, you're supposed to get slower and all that, but <laughs> better. In your prime, huh? Better. Like, I'm just getting better, man. Uh, but that I think that's the key. Um, be Stay humble about it. I'm sure um, it's easy to get wound up in your own head and all this shit in this game. Um, but stay humble, work hard, have really good people around you. Yeah, cut all the fat, man. If there's people that talk shit or just negative, get rid of them. Every every single one of them, don't even communicate with them. And work your balls off. There you go. I think that was some a lifelong advice right there. <laughs> Uh, last question right here in the last funny question because we talked about before we even started recording you know we always talked about your picks man your picks looking right every time I need to put some bets on them but I want to understand like you know you said a little bit in the beginning like what's the politics behind the picks man do you have to sometimes pick your friends when you know they're like ah they might lose this one but I gotta <laughs> I gotta circle them on the on the IG so they know that you yeah. know it's still support so how does that work 
Yeah, you'd be surprised, man. I've been doing picks for a while, um, but you'd be surprised. And, and at first, I knew a few people, right? But now I've been here almost five years. I've ran across, I mean, so many fighters that I know now and know personally and I hang out with and where I've trained with him a few times or we have a connection with, like, all of these guys. So it gets tricky, man. If you pick a wrong, the wrong guy or, or you pick against some guy... I mean, I there's people that, that said I was going to lose that I know. I can't help it. It's like internal pettiness. Like, oh, okay, you thought I was going to lose. Oh, okay. You know, you, you picked him over me. Fighters that I know, though, I feel that way. So I could feel the same way. Like, oh, you think you're really going to beat me, you know? But uh, but then there's some fights like, yo, you really think that she's going to win? I'm like, come on, man. Like someone with no chance, right? And I have to pick them or I'm going to hear it, right? I'm going to hear it from my coach. I'm going to hear it from some other coach. And, and hearing it from certain people, I'd rather have a wrong pick than, you Mess know. Mess up some relationships. Than, all, than ruin some relationship, you know? Because some people will. Some people will. I'm like, I picked against you. I didn't think you were going to win. I mean, shit. I mean, come on. You know, like, it's not personal, but whatever. It's fun, though. All right, follow up on that real quick, then. So what's the percentage of picks are actually emotional or actually serious now? Because I got to know if a pick's going to be emotional now or a pick's going to be what Max really thinks. What's the percentage of that? They're mostly, there's probably only, like, at least two a time. (laughs) One or two a time. But, hey, hit me up. I'll let you know. Oh, I got you. I'll hit you up. <laughs> hit me up. I'll let you know what uh, the political picks are. Yeah, I, I can't you. let everybody know because even if you let people know that, then it's like, oh, you're going to You know? So it's yeah. like behind closed doors. There you go. All right. As we wait to see how much money Gary will win or lose in the future, <laughs> I think we're going to wrap this episode of No Limits again. Thank you to Max Payne Griffith for coming on and talking about pro sports with us. Hell yeah. No, thank you guys for having me. Uh, thank you, Gary. All you guys follow me on my Instagram, Max Payne Griffin. I'm on Twitter, Facebook. Go to my website, MaxPayneGriffin.com, MaxPayneStore.com. Um, I got some really good merch. Here's one of the um, Bring the Pain, baby. <laughs> you can even see this. But yeah, Power Forward. Um, they have some cool like Street Fighter kinda kinda jams on there, Street Fighter vibes. So Yeah, cool. man. Thanks for having me on. If you've enjoyed this episode of No Limits, be sure to go check out all the other stories and podcasts on StateHornet.com. And we'll see you for the next episode of No Limits. Peace.